I hate that like when people talk about herpes, the first thing they hear is that like, it sucks and I was so sad and I was depressed. Like I want the first thing people to hear is like, no, this changed my life for the better. Welcome back to Other People's Lives. I'm Joe Sanagato. I'm Greg Dybeck. For anyone out there that would like to be a guest on the show, don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can reach us at our website, oplshow.com, or just send us an email directly at oplpodcast at gmail.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And just a reminder that if you want to join our Patreon, it's just $5 a month. You get weekly bonus episodes and you get to be part of our Helping Other People initiative, where each month we pick a charity or charitable donation to give part of the Patreon funds to. So you can check that out at patreon.com slash OPL show. Now today, uh, just want to give a quick note about today's episode actually. If you've listened to the podcast from the start, you'll know that we covered the topic of herpes a long, long time ago. The guest was super informative, did a great job telling her story, but we have received a few emails over the years saying there may have been some misinformation around the topic. So we figured that since our audience has grown so much, since we've added new platforms like YouTube, uh, we wanna just recover this super interesting, super honest and raw topic of living with herpes. And we can't think of a better guest than the woman we have on today. Her name is Sarah. She hosts a podcast called Positively Positive Podcast about her journey with herpes, uh, as well as all around sexual health and empowerment. So Sarah, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, I've, I've been listening and watching for a long time. Uh, I'm excited. Awesome. So then, you know, we kind of jump right into this. And I think the best place to start is just with your personal journey. And I guess that moment that, to be completely honest, a lot of people fear and kind of hope never happens to them. And that's that moment that you received the news that you had herpes. Can you just kind of walk us through how you got that news and how you were feeling? Yeah. Um, okay. So um, I'm 29 now. I got herpes uh, when I was 27. And um, I, I'll never actually forget the words that my doctor said to me. She like looked, my legs are up on the table and she's like, okay, this does look consistent with herpes. <laughs> and that's the sentence that I'll never forget. Um, at first, yeah, it, it sucks. Um, but I, I hate that like when people talk about herpes, the first thing they hear is that like, it sucks and I was so sad and I was depressed. Like I want the first thing people to hear is like, no, this changed my life for the better. It improved my sex life, my communication, my romantic and my platonic relationships among many other things. It's literally one of the best things that's ever happened to me. And that's like the first thing I want people to know. But going backwards, yeah. It fucking sucked. <laughs> so originally, you know, you get the news and, you know, I'm assuming it's upsetting. Did you know exactly like, you know, who it was and how did you kind of go about, you know, informing, you know, maybe past partners or the partner that you like definitely know who it came from? 
uh, that you had this diagnosis? Yeah, so I got it uh, the first time that I had unprotected sex in about five or six years. It was with a partner that I'd already been sleeping with. This wasn't someone new. It wasn't a one-night stand, which I think is important to highlight because herpes does not discriminate. You can get it from a one-night stand, but you can also get it from a regular partner and from someone you've been monogamous with for, for five or ten years. Um, I had symptoms about a week after we'd had sex, and I was, like, frantically Googling. I was like, okay, I know something's wrong. Like, it burns when I pee. This, like, I can't really, like, walk comfortably. Um, so I was going back and forth on Google convincing myself I had herpes or, like, no, it was just a really bad yeast infection or a really bad UTI. Um, and then I, I finally got into the doctor's um, and they, they said that, and then they called back with lab results a week later. Um, and I had only been sleeping with that one person, and I was like, okay, first time unprotected sex in this long, and now I have symptoms, it came from this person. Because <laughs> um, there's like a window period, they say it's like two to 14 days between contracting and having symptoms, and that's exactly what happened to me. Um, and by the time the nurse had called me back with my lab results, I'd had a whole week to do like my own research and like try and understand it as best I could because I knew I had to tell this guy and in my head I was like I, I just didn't have the emotional capacity at that time to think that he knew he had it and knowingly had unprotected sex with me I could not get to that place until like three months later so in my head I was like he didn't know everything I'm reading says most people are asymptomatic so he didn't know I'm just going to tell him that I have this now and suggest that he go get tested we had a, a phone call about it and he was actually like so amazing and so calm and so mature and I was like it's okay he didn't know and now in retrospect I'm like I don't know for sure but I'm pretty sure he was so calm because he already knew Oof. um and that's not something that I can prove. It's not something I'll ever be able to prove. And I'm not, I'm not bitter about that. I actually like, I feel bad for him if he's still living in a place of like shame and stigma where he can't be open about it. Like I genuinely, I feel bad and I hope that he does find the tools someday, but I don't have enough energy to be bitter about it. Yeah. So I'm curious in that moment, you're obviously doing a lot of research. You find this out for sure from your doctor, uh, you know, completely hooked us with what you said in the opening, which we'll get to of how this has made your sex life better and how it's one of the best things that has ever happened to you. But in that moment, do you remember what some of your biggest misconceptions were as someone just kind of freshly getting this news? Oh yeah. The first misconception is that I thought I had been uh, tested for herpes. I thought that when you get STI testing and you insist that I want to be tested for everything, give me the full gamut, you are not being tested for herpes. Really? Urine does not test for herpes. Urine tests for chlamydia and gonorrhea. And blood tests are most commonly for HIV, hepatitis, and syphilis. They don't test you for herpes unless you have an active outbreak. So that, and like the fact that I didn't know that, I was pissed off. I was like, I thought I was doing everything right. I got tested 
you know, I, I tried to talk to partners about sexual health, but like, I'm clean. Are you clean? Yeah, great. That's not a conversation that leaves any room for conversation or openness. And like that word clean, imagine you ask someone, are you clean? And they do have an STI. It's like, well, now they feel like shit. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah. I am clean. Like I shower, I'm hygienic and I know how to take care of my body. The only people that are dirty are people that don't shower. Like it's just an inaccurate word. Mm -hmm. So, so I'm sorry, just to clarify what you were saying, you can only get tested for herpes if you have an active flare up. Yes. So there, and that is a, a swab test and it'll test for actual DNA in the sore. Now, technically there is a blood test for herpes, but that test isn't included and it's not recommended by doctors or the CDC as the herpes blood test is time sensitive. And the medical community's view is that the stigma is worse than the actual virus. So why would they waste money on testing when it's so time sensitive and it'll like it can make people emotionally like unstable if they get the news. So I have mixed opinions about that because it perpetuates this circle of transmission where it's like, well, people right. don't need to know. And it's like, well, if they don't know, then how are we ever going to stop the spread of this? Right. Especially if they're asymptomatic. Yeah, exactly. And most people are asymptomatic and that is how transmission occurs. Like not all the time, but like that's the most, uh, like the highest um, place that transmission occurs mm. is between people who don't know they carry it. Because people who are open and honest about their status and they're going to communicate with you if they have an outbreak, they know how to take care of their body. Those are people that are less likely to spread it. And, you know, I thought it was interesting, uh, you know, earlier in the episode, I think everyone would think find it uh, interesting that you had said that uh, this is actually one of the best things that had happened to you and you rattled off different parts of your life that it sort of improved. Um, and I'm just wondering, you know, before getting to that, uh, you know, initially you have the news and it's a downer and you're kind of like, shit, like um, now I have to deal with this. Like how much time passed and what kind of things um you know, attributed to this change of heart where it, you started looking at it in a, a positive way? Um, yeah, so it was um, it was a week before I had my first conversation, which is the guy who I got it uh, from. And in retrospect, I have no idea how I had a rational conversation that quickly. And then I told someone in real life, um, it took me about a month and a half to tell someone in real life. Um, and then- Like friends and family? It, it was a guy that I had um, seen before. It was a partner that I'd slept with before. Um, and then we were hanging out again and I knew he was interested. And he was like, well, we've already had sex. Like, why don't you want to have sex anymore? Mm -hmm. And I went to his house uh, the first time to tell him, couldn't do it. I like backed out, went home. We didn't have sex to be clear. Um, and then the second time I went to his house again, I like got it out and I like, pretended to be confident my hand was like shaking under the blanket but i'm like nope my voice is going to be even we're going to stay this is going to be chill um but yeah it was about a month and a half before i told anyone in person um and i okay to answer your question joe about like what triggered the change of heart honestly like it was rage and frustration because i joined online support groups and 
some people were great in there and they did help me, but there was a lot of depression in those online support groups. There was a lot of people giving really bad advice, like, don't worry, like, just accept it. Like being alone isn't that bad or like, you know, like you'll never find love, but like, there's so many other things in life or like, you'll never have no like i was enraged and i was like how can you fucking be saying this to like this person in their early 20s or any age really but this person who's just started their sexual journey they got herpes and you're telling them to give up you're telling them to stop dating and just accept it like fuck you like how dare you i got like i'm getting worked up now i just got so angry and i was like no that's not okay. People can't be living like this. People should not be depressed for five years over this. Like it's a virus of the nervous system. Oh, like 80% of the population of the globe under 50 has some form of this. What the fuck are we doing here? And so like out of that rage, I was like, I'm going to make everything so easy to understand and so digestible and so relatable that no one will ever follow this shitty advice ever again. I have a question too, like in this journey that you've kind of gone through and, and now, you know, obviously you have this podcast and you talk about it a lot. What do you think was like the genesis of all this, the stigma behind this? Like, why was it? Because I remember when I was younger, just like hearing about herpes was like the worst thing in the world. Like before you knew what HIV was, you were like, oh, herpes is like the next worst thing. And like HIV is like fucking killing people, you know, like it was like, you know, so it's, it, it's. I wonder, you know, what your opinion is on, on why, you know, herpes out of everything was the one that people chose to, you know, put this like horrible stigma on. Yeah. Okay. So I did a whole episode on this. It's like my longest episode, but between the sixties and the eighties, I forget the exact year, but that's when, uh, HSV two was discovered. And in that time period, it's also when, um, antiviral medication became available for herpes. So there was a lot of fucked up journalism, um, specifically to um, two main stories from Time magazine that just literally said like, this is a virus for promiscuous people. They called it like mm, the love disease or something like that. Don't quote me on that, but like use all this weird wording and like said it was you got it from like traveling and being seduced by temptresses like it was just like so fucked like all this journalism but like i'll hand it to them like you talk about sex you use fear and you use a disease like that's a journalistic recipe for a good story like i get it but it's just it was so inaccurate and then when medication came out um which some people will say this is the whole um fault of modern stigma i disagree it went in tandem but when antiviral medication became available they the company um uh i forget what they're called um they started putting out ads for herpes and like making the general public aware of herpes because before then the medical community didn't care they're like yeah it's herpes it's fine it's not going to affect you long term the physical symptoms aren't bad at all it's chill but now they want to sell a medication Mm -hmm. so they needed to like make people aware and like scared of herpes so that you would buy it because if you just let your symptoms chill like i do now you don't need their medication and then also like lack of sex ed which i know you guys have talked about um and like stupid jokes in the media like it's not 
funny. I personally think it's lazy. There is a way to make good jokes about herpes. I don't think any topic should be off limits in comedy, but like it's just cheap most of the time. Yeah, I agree. Like you know the 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 joke that everyone knows is like oh, like herpes lasts forever. I, I like it some in some capacity people like getting that joke across, but like you know at this point it's just like not like you said it's just not funny like for people to be making like the same jokes over and over and over and over again like it's just not you know um because i agree with you i I think that you could like joke around about everything but there are certain things where it's like okay clearly here there's just like a a complete lack of education and i don't know about anyone else but whenever you know you try to make a joke about something or you know or when i find out new information about something and i didn't know that and it becomes very obvious that like oh no this is actually not as like crazy or demonized as people are like making it seem like it's embarrassing and like i don't want to feel like that so you know i, I don't know I, like you said i think it goes back to people just being lazy and just making like a cheap joke for like whatever the case may be and also people feeling invincible like this could never happen to me but like you were saying like there's tons of people out there that have some form of herpes running through their body right now so it's not like that crazy yeah yeah it's like something we have to unlearn it this is such a mystery to me but there's there's things that like live in middle school and it doesn't matter where like in the country if we're talking about america like everyone at a certain age or a certain age range had like the same jokes or the same you know and like herpes was one of those things where it was just so easy to toss around as a joke and then we just get filled with misinformation growing up and the stigma and the fear and then you kind of don't unlearn it like you don't have a lot of opportunities to learn the truth or hear from someone like you so even as you become an adult it just kind of stays in your mind as oh well that's one of the worst things that could happen to me if i have unprotected sex i was gonna say i think a lot of that it just comes from taboo uh topics because something like herpes where people don't or aren't like you're shamed if if you get it so that prevents people from speaking out about it and being just like super forward and being like yes i have this and, and just like loud and and, so, and proud with this awareness and, and whatever so the only times you really do talk about it is when a joke comes up so when you hear something in middle school and you only hear it when a joke pops up or so you go like 15 years without ever talking about herpes in a any mm-hmm. sort of like educational or forward-thinking way then that's what you're like you choose to believe is like what you know so if all you know is these like jokes that were based off of nothing from a fucking 12 year old then like you know that's that's really all the information it, that you it becomes have. your truth essentially which is crazy but yeah which is why it's so cool i mean the work that you're doing in the podcast and uh i mean i got fired up in the beginning when <laughs> you said how this is one of the best things that ever happened to me. And I know we keep bringing it up. So why don't we kind of move to that point of the, you know, someone listening to this or watching this is probably just wondering how, how can this possibly improve someone's sex life? Yeah. So, um, it did because I'm a much better communicator now. I'm much more vulnerable um and i know my own sexuality so much better than i ever did before so like the three things i did to like help or make those improvements be a part of my life were like knowledge learned everything i could about herpes because i knew that if i was ever going to make someone else comfortable with it that i had to be comfortable with it i had to explain it calmly casually and also explain to them hey this is what i'm doing about it 
this is what I take. This is how I take care of my body. Like I'm doing the work. So whatever decision you want to make is cool with me. Um, and like community, I'm, you know, I mentioned, I got so mad at the, the first, um, support groups, but like, there's actually so many like funny Instagrammers and like sex educators and like zoom meetings who like talk about this and we share our experiences and our tips and our tricks. And like the thing other than online support, because that, that is cool, but also real life is way more important. So I, yeah, I started telling my friends, I told my mom who is very religious um and i never thought i would tell her i told my brother um and my brother had the best reaction ever he was like so doesn't everyone have herpes literally <laughs> who cares um and that was great because that reminded me like okay don't be so dramatic about it um my mom had questions she was scared at first she was like oh no I was like, well, that's dramatic, mother. Um, but she asked if I was in pain. I was like, literally, no, mom. Um, yeah, and just explained everything to her. But the main thing was like solo sexuality. I got to know my own body like I never had before. Like I got mirrors. I got all up in there. Like I know the <laughs> colors and the textures and what is normal and what isn't. And women don't do that. Like in general obviously there are exceptions but most women i have talked to are like no i've never like looked that closely at my own body and i learned the correct names for my body like why the fuck was i 27 years old and just learning the word vulva <laughs> female genitals are called vulvas not vaginas like that's like calling your entire face your mouth <laughs> i really I bought a vibrator for the first time. I bought lube for the first time. Like I started learning what I liked in bed and thinking about how I could express that to partners and not just go along with everything they wanted to do when they wanted to do it. I defined my boundaries around sexuality and I started expressing them confidently and casually. And, you know, if that didn't line up with another person, that's okay. It wasn't meant to be. And like I took responsibility for my own pleasure. Like, we can't be out here blaming our partners for not pleasing us when we don't even know how to please ourselves. And it, it's something, again, like a lot of women, myself included, we learned way too late in my life. Like, why the fuck didn't sex ed talk about pleasure? Why, why didn't, why wasn't I told that I'm responsible for that and that I can speak up? And like, I, the thing is, I never thought that I was like super passive in the bedroom at all. But now that I've unlearned all this fucking bullshit and stigma, I'm like, oh, I kind of was passive in the bedroom. And now I'm just like, if the sex is bad and we can't communicate about it, then like, why would I want to have sex with you? And I don't want to have sex with people that um that don't know i have herpes i i i always tell everyone and people are like oh yeah you should do that for other people of course in my head i'm like no no to be clear i tell other people i have herpes out of selfishness because i want to have good sex and if i'm in my head like oh god i didn't tell them am i a bad person no it's okay like if i'm doing that in my head i'm not going to be able to focus on sex mm -hmm. and i want to have good sex and i can't do that if i don't tell them so yeah, I think this all kind of stems from this like very old idea about like, you know, just women in general, like it, it kind of goes back to women being like in the kitchen, raising the kids and like nothing else. And it kind of goes back to that where it's like, don't talk about sex, don't talk about 
you know, vaginas or anything like your body or anything like that. And, you know, sex, sex education was more so just like the medical part of it, of just like what dicks and vaginas are kind of like what muscles make up. Like, I don't know, whatever the hell it is, but it's like kind of useful information. Like, like, yeah, we know that like might be good to know the names of things, but also like the entire other part of it is, um, you know, like you said, like the pleasure and, and these types of things. And, and I think like, like you said, it's, it's, I think it is important. And I, I feel like I used to feel like, you know, it's a little too early for, you know, certain, uh, ages to be learning certain things, but I don't know. I think that, I think, you know, I, when I'm really thinking about it right now that, you know, probably should know earlier because, Everyone that I know, for the most part, loses their virginity from anywhere from like 15 to like 21. Like usually that's where it happens, at least for the people that I know. And that's like super early. And I I feel like I didn't, you know, at any point during that time, did not have sex with anyone where I was like, yeah, that went really well for the both of us. You know, it was just kind of like... It was just, I don't know. And, and I think it's because of this stigma around it or like, I don't know. It's like more so, and uh, the whole problem with porn obviously is like, it's very misogynistic and it's like, this is for the guy and it's not really for the women for the most part. Um, but yeah, I think that like, that's probably like the bigger issue is that it's a very like old way of thinking of like, don't talk about sex, especially women. Um, so you're never going to find out like what you're actually into, what's going to make your sex like the best um, and also, you know, just to bring it full circle, learning about, you know, these, uh, you know, about herpes, about gonorrhea and like the effects and like just breaking like down the stigmas, because like you said, like that was the classic thing also. It's like, are you clean? Yeah, I'm clean. All right, cool, cool. But it's like, well, I'm not clean in the sense of what you're saying, but I'm also not fucking dirty, you know? So it, I think it's, it's the whole conversation I kind of had, I know I'm like fucking rambling here, but I, I, like I have a, like I'm optimistic that as time goes on, people are more accepting in the conversations around sex and, you know, um, STDs, you know, it becomes more accepting. So hopefully that will be the case like in the future. And I think it's, it's going to happen when we have people like you who are just kind of, you know, standing loudly and proudly and, and saying things that are, you know, to some shocking of being like, no, actually getting herpes was like the best thing for me because it taught me a lot, you know? Yeah. And it, it taught me about, not that I didn't know what vulnerability was before, but this is like, okay, you have to be vulnerable now because you have to tell people you have herpes. And the one thing that I always keep in mind when I'm telling people like in a in a romantic or a sexual sense is like this is not just about me this is a two-way conversation about sexual health yours too yeah i have something to tell you but when was the last time you were tested do you even know what you were tested for like what does safer sex and protection look like are we even into the same things and i actually i avoided getting chlamydia from someone who didn't know they had it in their throat because I chose to wait until we were both freshly tested for SCIs before doing anything. But if I didn't have that two-way conversation, if I was like, oh my God, like I have to tell them I have herpes, this is all about me, I would have had chlamydia and probably not have known. And like, it's fine, Mm. it's easily curable, but like one STI is good enough for me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For the uninformed person, you know, I think we've, I think you've given a lot to and I'm sure your show that people should check out that if they find themselves in the position that you're in um, to 
really understand how to navigate that journey. But for the uninformed person on the other side, uh, maybe the person out there that would say, I would never sleep with someone who has an STI or it's too dangerous, it's too risky. What is the reality of that? Like, what are the safety measures? And, you know, obviously this isn't like people with any sort of STI shouldn't just get blacklisted from having sex, obviously. Uh, So what does that look like? Yeah, so I think if someone tells you they have an STI, especially herpes, like we said, it's so stigmatized, but like, first of all, like, appreciate how fucking honest this person is being with you because they're doing something for you that was probably never done for them. So just say thank you. And if you have questions, ask your questions. If you need time to process it, say, you know what, thank you for telling me, I need a little bit of time. And and something I always do, like I'm, I'm always like, if you have questions, whenever, if they come up later, if you have them now, ask me because I have the answers. Um, and if people need time, cool, I can send them resources. Um, and just make an informed decision. You're allowed to say no to someone who has an STI. Of course you are. But just make it an educated no and mm-hmm. a respectful no. And for the love of God, please do not ghost someone that tells you they mm-hmm. have herpes because they were just so vulnerable with you and you don't even have a backbone to say no. Like, we're allowed to say no. We're allowed to say yes. Just fucking say it and don't ghost. Yeah. Um, There's a total difference between, you know, declining and then just perpetuating the stigma and like making people feel like shit. You know, like there's just a very distinct difference between those two things. Yeah. And as far as like um, protection, so condoms, um, they greatly help. They don't eliminate the risk 100%. You can use dental dams. And I know people are weird about dental dams, which fair enough, I was too. But those are great protective measures for oral sex. And they should be just as readily available as condoms are. And they're not, which is really annoying. Um, but like I've used them and like, it was actually like such a sexy little experience because I was like the teacher and he, like, we weren't role-playing or anything, but he was like, oh, I don't know what that is. And I find that like, cause it's who I date, like straight men in general, they want to be good at sex. So if you're like, Hey, I know something about sex that you don't, they're like, well, I'm going to be good at it. And it's like, <laughs> okay, go, go ahead and practice. Like it's a win-win situation for me. Um, but yeah, there are um, antiviral medications that you can take daily if you want to do that. I personally don't because I don't have symptoms very often and I don't want to take um, medication for something that I don't have symptoms for. But um, I do take vitamins like when I'm sleeping with someone like antiviral vitamins. I do use protection. If I'm not going to use protection with someone, it has to be three months since either of us have had any other sexual partners so that we can get tested and we're out of the window period for all STIs. Um, So yeah, protection, communication, I take vitamins because it makes me feel better. Um, And um, it's a virus of the nervous system. So if I get stressed out, like stress is a trigger for me. If I can't handle my nervous system, if it's freaking out, there's a more likely chance that I'm that I'm going to be shedding or that I might get an outbreak. So the vitamins, yes, they have a technical antiviral um, benefit, but it's also for my own peace of mind so that I can keep my nervous system regulated. Um, yeah, and communication. If you feel like you're going to have an outbreak, 
fucking tell your partner and don't have sex like and don't have sex on outbreaks because then transmission is very likely so don't do it (laughs) yeah that makes sense and while we have you are there any other misconceptions or misinformation that you've come across uh even if it's very specific or smaller details things that people just tend to get wrong that you can kind of clear up yeah so there are two types of hsv hsv1 and hsv2 and both of them can be genital herpes most people with cold sores got them as a child um and even if you don't currently have a cold sore and you go down on someone unprotected you can give them genital herpes and that genital herpes will be hsv1 people are like oh hsv1 is only cold sores no bitch it can be genital herpes um yeah so that's a big one and people are like cold sores aren't herpes i'm sorry it is and you're wrong if you think it's not um yeah um one thing and it's funny because um greg you've said sti and joe you've said std and i was like okay mental note so sti is the (laughs) correct term not std um these are infections they rarely turn into actual disease um and um what else uh herpes is not a skin condition it does not live in your blood like i said it's a virus of the nervous system um if you have hsv2 it's extremely unlikely you're ever going to get hsv1 and they present the same anyway so it really doesn't fucking matter what type you have it just location is more important but if you have hsv2 um that's actually the more aggressive type so it's extremely unlikely you would ever get hsv1 because your antibodies are already there to fight off the weaker um the weaker type um what what is the difference between i mean if there is any difference between like a cold sore and what the general public knows as general herpes it's the same virus it's a different location so um cold sore it lives in something called the trigeminal nerve which is sort of behind your cheekbone and that's only connected to a certain area of your body mainly your face which is why cold sores will come up um genital herpes the virus lives in a different spot of your nerves it's like at the base of your spine and that is connected to your genitals and a little bit of your legs so it's the same virus it just lives somewhere else and it has access to different parts of your body does that answer your question? Ask me yeah. to clarify if it didn't. No, yeah, 100%. No, because I was just, you know, for I feel like cold sores are more accepted. Like, you get a cold sore, it's like, oh, yeah, you put, like, a Breva on it, and it's like, whatever. And then general herpes is just a complete different sort of thing. And people it's- just, for whatever reason, I mean, and from what I've, you know, learned, you know, it's pretty much the same thing, and people always say that, like, it is, it is a form of herpes, um, but for whatever reason... Uh, and like for a reason i feel like you know just going back to what we were saying before that like is just unexplainable like just something you learned when you were 12 years old they are completely different like we learned that and i guess you know that's just one of the things that you just have to sort of unlearn you know as time goes on and it's actually like so funny to me when when people like have discourse about it because the obviously you can have mild cold sores but like the most recent cold sores I've seen on people like in the public and stuff are actually like so much more extreme than symptoms I have when I have mm. genital outbreaks. 
have like a teeny tiny little bump or a teeny tiny little sore it's annoying but that's it and then it goes away i'm like damn that cold sore is huge and whatever it's it's fine if you have cold sores but like it, it just goes back to like people being like scared of sexuality and sexual any anything to do with sex is bad so i think that's why it's yeah the fact it's the same thing and you can just stare it in the face and not think anything of it but then just put it in a different location and it's the end of the world that's really interesting uh, i do i want to confess something too because you've been talking about vulnerability and i think that's <laughs> very important um which is just like as a side note just so interesting that's a part of this you don't really think of at first but for you to be put in that situation that a lot of us don't ever have to be that vulnerable to just explain something about ourselves knowing that we might be getting hit with judgment you know coming back and that's a really interesting experience for you to you know kind of recognize and harness and understand that it has made you kind of a stronger and better person is really cool uh but all i was going to say is i didn't want to leave joe under the bus i was going to say std but i heard you say sti so i said sti so joe <laughs> you're not alone we're just Gosh, just being I just vulnerable so here. Excited. I was like, Greg's going to be vulnerable. He's going <laughs> to tell me that he has heartbeat. It's like oh Greg's got heartbeat. <laughs> that would be a wild moment. But, I do uh, get cold. I get cold sores, though. I've gotten them for years. Okay, yeah. So I don't, yeah, so I, don't could... I don't, I don't get them all the time. Like, I, I can't, I think the last time I got one was like two and a half years ago or something like that. But definitely have gotten one or two in my day. Yeah, so you have herpes. You just don't have genital herpes. And in I'm herped up, guys. You Got can give well, someone feeling genital herpes by going down on them. Greg, <laughs> what are you doing? Get on the herpes train. <laughs> All right, Joe. Greg, you're not having enough later. sex, no. dude. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Just uh, we'll see what happens later, Joe, when I see you. <laughs> oh, uh, but, yeah, no. And... Uh, where can people find your podcast exactly? Because it's just so cool, like we said before, that you have taken this to the extreme in a sense, where now this is part of your kind of daily, weekly routine, I imagine, where you're talking to people, putting out as much information as possible. Uh, Positively Positive is an awesome name too. And it just kind of <laughs> encompasses you know, everything that you're about. So I think that's uh, awesome that you're doing that and definitely want to make sure that people can check that out if they want. Yeah, um, I have two very quick things to say um, just about um, things that were mentioned um, many years ago on this podcast. Um, just yes. um, HSV and HPV. So HSV is herpes simplex virus, herpes. Um, they're two different things. Herpes does not cause genital warts. HPV does. Mm -hmm. And HPV is indeed the most common STI, but again, just like herpes, there is no HPV test for men. It's another thing that's not included in mm. testing and there's no way for men to know if they have it. Most people clear HPV within two years anyways and it's gone. Um, but my point was that herpes does not cause warts. Um, and as well as for pregnancy, you can have a vaginal birth. Your doctor will put you on antivirals at some point in your pregnancy. And if you do have an outbreak at birth, you'll get a C-section because herpes is dangerous for infants, hence the medication, but having herpes is not an issue for um birth or having kids um yeah no thank you for bringing that up i know um that's even when we did that episode a lot of people had commented about that or kind of asked to go into more detail 
Um, so that that's super interesting. So you said it will not affect it unless you were having an outbreak at the time. That's really the only. Yeah. Or even if you're, if you're nervous about it, then just get a C-section. That's fine. But that's why you have to tell your doctor that you have herpes because Mm -hmm. then they're going to put you on antivirals, um, at some point in your pregnancy, just to make sure nothing is happening vaginally, um, at the time of birth. Um, but yeah, on my last words, I know, um, if anyone is like struggling with their diagnosis, if you're new, if you just got it, like I'm here to tell you, you will have sex again. You can have amazing sex. There's a little bit of work you gotta do first to come to terms with it, but you're gonna have sex again. People still wanna fuck you. It's okay. And you're not alone. Do not carry this on your own. Just talk to people, go to therapy, tell your loved ones and come find us online everything is going to be okay. If you want to hear more about Herbie's, my story, or my tips and tricks, like they said, um, just Google Positively Positive Podcast. I'm on Instagram. I have a website. Um, It'll come up if you Google that because I'm living positively positive and you can too. (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. And you, I know you're still going down the road of this journey, but from what you said, from that moment of rage where you want to make it your mission to just make this as accessible as possible for people. I mean, you're, you're doing it and just really awesome to not just see something with such a stigma attached to it, uh, not hold you back, but actually do the opposite, like propel you to do things maybe you never would have done or discover things about yourself or vulnerability or just all around confidence. Um, you know, you're exuding all those things, which is awesome. So, uh, just, Great job, really, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. No problem. Thanks so much for coming on. Bye. Have a good one. Before we get to our final thoughts, we do have uh, some sponsors for today. The first one being BetterHelp. BetterHelp is, uh, you know, online therapy. So they will... uh, you know, connect you with a professional therapist that you can start communicating with in just under 48 hours. So it's a pretty quick, you know, startup. Um, they also make it very seamless to jump from therapist to therapist in case you're, you feel like the current one that they assigned you isn't a good fit. <clears throat> you can always change and go to a different one. They have uh, licensed professionals in all 50 states and uh, over a million people have signed up. Um, you know, I, 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 I've been doing therapy for the last two years. I think it's great. I think it's something that everyone should kind of explore, at least try at some point, and what better way to do it with BetterHelp. And also they make it easy um, on top of all of that uh, because they're going to offer a 10% discount for uh, people who listen to our show. So if you go to betterhelp.com slash OPL, you'll get 10% off of your first month um, when you use BetterHelp and, and just kind of test it out. You know, you can uh, communicate um, with your therapist in never, whatever way you want and kind of set up a schedule um, that is best for you. Um, so again, that is betterhelp.com slash OPL and you will get 10% off of your first month. Uh, And secondly, uh, we have here is Etsy. Um, Etsy is a site that I use all the time. Uh, You know, when you're buying gifts for others, you know your choices impact uh, lives in a big and small way, now and forever, okay? And Etsy has pretty much everything that you can choose from, like there's home decor, there's jewelry, there's, um, you know, pretty much anything you could think of. Like a lot of the shopping that I do this holiday season is gonna be coming from Etsy, it has in the past. I've de- decorated my apartment with a lot of stuff from Etsy. Um, but yeah, Etsy is giving first-time shoppers 10% off a purchase of $35 or more with the code Etsy Gift 10 
Uh, again, that is Etsy if uh, Etsy gift ten spelled E T S Y G I F T one zero. And yeah, so you, if you put that in Etsy gift ten, uh, you get ten dollars off of a purchase of thirty five dollars or more. Um, but yeah, go check out Etsy if you haven't heard of them already. I'd, I'd be shocked if you haven't because it's a site that I've been using for years, very popular. Um, and and yeah, you can you know this this season. Uh, this holiday season, that's where you should get most of your shopping done. All right. So, you know, that's, they have everything that you could possibly think of. A lot of it is handcrafted sometimes by certain people and it's really cool stuff that you could even customize. So if you have a hard time thinking of gifts uh, for people, definitely go check out uh, Etsy. Um, again, if you go on Etsy.com, um, use the code Etsy gift 10 and you will get uh, $10 off of a purchase of $35 or, mo uh, or more. Uh, with that code the offer ends on december 31st 2021 um but yeah definitely go check them out uh they're great and uh you know big fans of etsy all right so go check them out we all love the holidays we know it's one of the best times of the year but for owners of online stores and businesses you also know that it's the absolute craziest time of the year you've got inventory to manage customers to deal with shipping to get done but luckily ShipStation makes all of that easier and takes the stress out of your business's shipping so i've been using ShipStation personally for a number of my e-commerce businesses and businesses that i'm involved with and help run and seriously it's been an absolute lifesaver in terms of how easy it is to use as well as the money that we've been able to save by using them so if you sell anything online at all whether it's your own site amazon Etsy, you need to check out ShipStation. And I promise you from personal experience, I can say that while switching your shipping solution might seem daunting, with ShipStation, it is absolutely not. It's so easy. And now is the time to start thinking about change and ShipStation works with all major international and local carriers. So guys, seriously, if you own an online business or sell anything online, make this holiday season brighter by using ShipStation. Uh, brighter and a lot easier and save money and right now you can use our offer code OPL to get a 60-day free trial which is just enough time to handle the holiday rush also insane offer that's code OPL to get a 60-day free trial all you have to do is go to shipstation.com click the microphone at the top and enter code OPL so check that out ship station make ship happen well we got uh that's how you get some education on uh on herpes you know and that's kind of you know honestly what i was saying before is like truly how i feel about it and that's why i love doing the show because it is very educational like i've learned a lot talking to these guests and people who are informed about their thing or whatever it is um and just like breaking these stigmas down. And I also love offering that information for, you know, these things um, as well. Because like I said, with the taboo topics, like you you talk about them and like you joke around about them and you snicker about them when you're in fucking, when you're 12 years old. And then you know, never really talk about them again in, in a, and, and never in like a serious way. So when it does pop up and you have misconceptions, you have that information you could share with people and they go, oh, okay, whatever. And they kind of take it with them. And that's how you get rid of the stigma. You know what I'm saying? awareness that's what it takes or else yeah you literally will die with this misinformation thinking you know that to just be the truth um so really cool like for something like that i think uh awesome to have her on someone who has the personal journey aspect but has now created community around this too and just continues to research this like 
has made this such a big part of her life, which is awesome. So definitely check out her podcast, Positively Positive. uh, If you want to hear more from her, more about her story. I know, you know, we can only cover so much in an episode, but I think uh, really just wanted to throw out kind of a ton of misconceptions, get those cleared up. And just to hear someone like that, like I said to her at the end, uh, that can be so positive and that can look at something and say, this is the best thing that ever happened to me that the average person would fear. I mean, with herpes specifically, like there's people out there who would think I would rather die than get herpes, which is just ridiculous when you see that she can live the same exact life as everyone else. It's just a lack of education. And I think it's time that like, you know, we get rid of this fucking old way of thinking of like, don't talk about sex. Don't do this and that and blah, 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 blah. Like, come on guys. Like it's not, it's not 19 fucking 20 anymore. You know what I mean? Like, let's talk about these things. Let's get out in the open and stop making everything so taboo and, you know, just weird. I don't know. Like the more, the better the communication, the better sex, by the way. So Mm -hmm. keep talking about it. Keep confessing shit to your I promise you this woman with general herpes that we just spoke to is having better sex than a lot of us. Fucks hard. Better than a lot of us. So (laughs) what do you have to say to that? What do you have to say to that? She's orgasming 10 times harder than everyone else, all right? And that's because of communication. So everyone out there has just got to communicate better, all right? Uh, But for anyone out there that wants to be a part of the show, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Go to our website, oplshow.com, or just send us an email directly at oplpodcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Instagram at OPL Podcast, Patreon at patreon.com slash OPL show to support and get those bonus episodes. And don't forget, Joe and I put out a party game called Pay the Price. Uh, had a Kickstarter for it, raised a bunch of money. Now we made it, and uh, we think it's kind of one of the best games of all time. So head over <laughs> to paythepricegame.com. Yes, go check that out. And that is all. We'll see you guys next time.